I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection, where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity auth, versioning, and more. Welcome back to API Intersection again today with my co-host, Anna, as usual lately. Thanks for uh, joining. Hey, again, Anna. Thanks and, for having me. Uh, and quite an interesting guest today, Brenton House, who's currently with Software AG. I was telling him before, I it's like, I saw your face on the list here and went, I've seen you in my YouTube feed. <laughs> it seems like Brenton's got uh, plenty of kind of video on all kinds of things relative to APIs here. And uh, frankly, this is one of those ones that when we sit down and talk about what should we talk about, I feel like Brent's got had his fingers in all kinds of things. So I don't know where today goes, but we're going to have fun with it. So, Brent, thanks for joining. Uh, hey, maybe thanks tell us a little me. bit about yourself. So, yeah, I work for Software AG right now, but I've been doing APIs for a long time. Uh, actually started doing APIs back in the 90s. So it was like using Cold Fusion to build an API to talk to Flash, doing different things like that, some crazy stuff and then getting into JavaScript and then .NET for years, Java in between there and EJBs. And, and then, well, iPhone came out and smartphones kind of really changed everything for APIs because all of a sudden now API usage just was growing exponentially and the expectations around it, APIs really changed. So I kind of spent some time in mobile and in APIs for a while. And now I have a role of digital evangelist. So my job is basically just talking about the technologies in general, helping educate people, equipping organizations and people to be able to take advantage of the best practices and things around the complete API lifecycle and so that they're successful with their projects. So I love it. And the, the YouTube video side that I have a creative side that I like to be able to do things. I've done YouTube videos over the years. And so that's my outlet for my creative side. And able to do some and tying in my technical side. So I do YouTube videos about a lot of the technical stuff, such as APIs, and they're different. They stand out a little bit because um, I try and have a little fun with them, but it's all good. Well, I've told some other guests that have done YouTube stuff, like uh, I admire the tenacity. I, I published one video once, and I think I have five or six videos in the can, and it's just like, I man, this is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a lot harder than it looks. So uh, you mentioned kind of whatever it takes to make folks successful around APIs. You know, what kind of what's the high level of that look like for you? And I guess, uh, you know, are, are you involved in sort of consulting stuff here? Or is this really just sort of a broadcast mechanism? It's really a broadcast a lot of it. So I do blog posts and videos, but I also get on calls with, I mean, prospects and clients at Software AG as well to be able to equip them as well. Cool. So, you know, you're kind of broadcasting out some guidance stuff here as well as talking to customers. And I guess, you know, what are the kinds of things that you're usually pointing folks to look at? Certainly there's plenty of listeners here trying to figure out how should they, you know, what should they be doing to build great API programs? So I like to, I mean, a lot of times focus on the, the learning of the APIs and there's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of ways to get started, whether you're just getting into development, whether you're have been in development or architecture and you're kind of learning APIs or you're, in the business side of things, and you're really trying to understand what APIs are. So there's kind of some of the foundation things that kind of point people to to get started. I mean, understanding what Git is even so that you can understand how to use things like GitHub and using repos and be able to access things like that. Starting off with 
understanding what JSON is and XML. And I mean, if you're going to learn a language or something, I mean, JavaScript and Node.js is a pretty simple language to be able to pick up and learn and build the basics of consuming an API and creating APIs. And then understanding just even things like HTTP and the methods and REST going on from there and what methods are used, what status codes are used for things. And then you can go on to GraphQL and learn that. So that's kind of the basics of maybe learning the basics of APIs and things. But then if you already know APIs, I like to be able to try and focus on what are the best practices. And there's a lot of a lot of tools out there right now that I can point people to. There's people in those tools. The people are the most valuable. So there's a lot of people out in the community right now that can really benefit your growth as an API. I mean, I can throw out some names, but I mean, I mean, obviously like Ken Lane and Mike Emmonson and Eric Wilde, um, Keith Casey, Arnaud, um, Laurie. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's another that Jason guy. He's a little sketchy though, so I don't know. But, For sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. They, they have not only do they have videos and blogs and other resources, but they are really accessible. I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, these people out there in the community, you reach out to them, you talk to them, and there's not so much of the in-person conferences now, but things, but just going up to talk to them and they will share a wealth of information of what they've learned over the years, their successes and their failures. They're very transparent. The API community is a great technical community to be in if you want to learn more because there are some really great people out there doing that so but tools wise i mean obviously i mean stoplight i mean stoplight has several tools but i mean if you want to start with like the some of the design process understanding what open api is that's an important part of getting started with apis but stoplight has a great tool for designing the design process then there's mocking and i mean Obviously, Stoplight has that as well. But then we come to like Postman. So I've been using Postman since yeah, it came out and with a Chrome extension, whatever, years and years ago. But it is a great way to be able to learn and watch what's going on in your APIs. So APIs are growing, but you really have to be able to monitor and watch what's going on. I don't know what your experiences with uh, Postman, do you have a, a long history with Postman as well? Yeah, for sure. I guess first I have to say, uh, thanks for the kind of words on Stoplight. I didn't put them up to it. Uh, no. <laughs> I always have to caveat that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, if you've been doing anything with APIs for any length of time, you've, yeah, you've used Postman to at least do some test calls and stuff like that, for sure, right? And certainly uh, Stoplight and Postman, you know, we coexist for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think that's a great path to get started on basic tools. So uh, looking at kind of the brief and some of the stuff that you've kind of talked about before, it seemed like, you know, this notion of API first is something that you've, uh, you know, kind of pressed on for a while. And it's like, in some ways, I'm always a little cautious when someone says that. I'm like, okay, let's level set. What does that mean for you? Because I feel <laughs> like the definition is evolving uh, from different people. Yeah. I feel like when API first, the term was first used, at least when I first started hearing it, it meant more kind of make sure you develop your API first before you develop your app so that you don't have to go work backwards and trying to create an API for an app that 
you already have. And then, I mean, you have the API design first, which is, I think, parallel to API for, well, it's probably part of API first is a better way of describing it, but understanding that those are two kind of different things. API design first is very important. And that kind of is the whole, don't just start building like you would with anything that requires any kind of architecture. You want to make sure that you're laying out the foundation, you have a vision where this is going to go, where are your requirements, um, all those kinds of things, and then you can document them and kind of move forward with those. So API design first, I feel is part of API first, and then kind of getting to define what API first is, is in my opinion, I guess it's just treating APIs as a top priority when you're going to create a new product, revamp an old product, looking at the market for existing products, realizing that APIs are part of everything. They're the kind of, I don't know, the digital gateway to your product, if you will, or something. So even though you may not be super familiar with them as an organization, you're probably, I'm sure you're already using them. And then if you're going to create them as well, you want to make sure you do it right from the beginning. And, and so it, it also brings in other buzzwords that you've heard, like the API as a product and some of the API experience and other things. They're all kind of part of that, in my opinion, like part of the kind of the API first umbrella. All right. So, so you Brandy mentioned. Just, I was oh, just going to say this go is going to be Anna's wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as our <laughs> as marketer in the API space, like uh, I think you just got quizzed. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned was you are probably using APIs right now. How do you help a business identify their opportunities for products from the APIs that they already have? So I think a lot of times, I mean documenting maybe what APIs you use. And that may be tricky because you may be using SDKs that use APIs and you're not even kind of realizing it, but at least document maybe what SDKs you might be using in some of your applications or if you're using web things. I mean, even things like Google Analytics and other analytics that you might have in your, your web pages or tools from the business side, your supply chain, I mean, every kind of smart device uses APIs. So maybe taking some time for an organization, just really, what do we have? What are we using? And then once you start looking at that, you're going to start seeing, well, look at all this data. Look, this is the data that we're sending through APIs. This is the data that we're receiving through APIs. And then kind of realizing maybe through some brainstorming and using the expertise that you have at your own organization, how can we tie that in with uh, furthering our product, whether it's a physical product that you're selling or a digital product that you're creating and selling, whatever that is, APIs are going to be a part of that. And APIs are going to expose your product to the outside digital world. You say brainstorming. Who should be involved in that brainstorming? What should you be talking about? I think you have to have the, the product side and the technical side together because as much as I'd like to think that the technical side has the business down and they understand it fully and that the business understands the technical side, having been mostly on the technical side and a little on the business side, I, I know that we don't, we don't have it all figured out and really dependent on the relationships that we have within our organization, trust the expertise that you have. You have some people probably that have a lot of expertise in these different areas, but once you're doing and tying back with the API first, really having executive buy-in on some of this is crucial because if you start, it can start maybe as a grassroots where you're talking about this, but if you don't have executive buy-in at your organization, you're probably not going to get the 
the resources, the funding, and the just the priority of your project that you need to make it successful. And you may be able to get so far, but they'll never fully see it, how it ties in with what they're looking at, the bottom line of their finances. Okay. So that's a, a really good place for a, a somebody who's on the development team and has a really great idea for an existing API product or, you know, some way to take their product to the next level, what should they present to the enterprise level to get them interested or to the executives? If they can work with, if they have people on their team, like a business analyst or even a product manager for a different product that they can leverage and kind of work together, maybe just get a group of even like three people together sometimes, but be able to put the technical in the terms of business. So be able to tie things in. What does this mean for our bottom line and how do you get there? So not only just sell, and we're not talking just necessarily selling APIs, although some APIs are sold, a lot of times it's just leveraging new customers to your existing products and be able to talk about how that can open up markets or how you can stay competitive. Hey, this is what our competitors are doing. This is what they provided to their customers, both in data, information, and access. And also for security, like people are going to try need to get information. If information is your resource, your customers are going to need that information. If you're not providing it in an API, they're probably going to try and figure out some other way to get that information. And if you have it on a website, they may be screen scraping it and putting it into something if, if they need that information, it's crucial and you don't provide an API. So I think if you just get a few people, but I think it, having a mix of the business and and the technical side, you can convert, make sure you have a language that the executives will understand and how it applies to your bottom line of your company. Yeah, it occurs to me as, as you all kind of run through all these different buckets of what API first kind of means that I think sometimes I just think that the subtext should just be have an API strategy, which... If you've never tried to develop that, there's a lot of things, right? <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of stuff to consider on who is this for? How shall it be priced and packaged? And uh, you know, what's the underlying tech constraints? And there's just so much to unpack. Speaking of which, another one of those things that always pops up in there, and uh, I noted uh, earlier on, see your face in my YouTube feed around uh, kind of API cybersecurity and this stuff. And like, what's, I guess I'm curious, one, like what's, I think the level that folks understand this broadly and where do you think kind of, you know, more investment or attention needs to be paid on these things? I think people are realizing that it's important. And a lot of that reason is just because of the stuff in the headlines, APIs getting hacked. How many people, I mean, or I guess you should say, how many emails do you get a week saying, hey, we're really sorry, but your data that you trusted us with, it, yeah, it's been kind of leaked. And... <laughs> We're really sorry about that. And you might want to like set up some safeguards or something. And so people know that hackers and attackers and all kinds of bad actors are going after data. And if they see it as valuable, they're going to be going after it. So, but understanding how do you protect it? That's a whole different matter. And I'm learning just as much. Um, I'm talking to different people in cybersecurity, uh, uh, reading more about it but trying to understand what are the basics if you have either a small, medium, or large organization starting off with like making sure you're like start with the core, like securing your APIs. You have a gateway to have where you can have policies that you set up. And then there's a whole shift left, shield right that people are really talking about right now. So the shift left is 
more focused on some of the design time and the development time of running checks on your code to make sure that you're not doing things that would knowingly have vulnerabilities. So you catch it before it goes public and you publish it. So that's really important. A lot of security products are focusing on some of that. And then the shield write is on the runtime. So say something did get out or you're getting, there's a known vulnerability out there and people are going after it. And I mean, not just denial of service attacks and other things like that, but very specific things that will help you with the, the shield write is kind of that runtime. So what um, a lot of them do is they work with API gateways. So they might have direct connections with them. They might just, hey, get access to, hey, what's traffic is going through the API gateway right now? And others will integrate themselves into some of that traffic to kind of intercept different things. So depending on how many APIs you have out there, there's a multitude of different ways to try and protect your APIs, but understanding that they need to be protected is super important. I mean, even things like rate limiting that you might not consider security before, but it can help protect your resources uh, and that's money for your company. So you don't wanna, if you don't have rate limits on some of your APIs and it uses up a lot of your money and resources and that's gonna hurt your company as well. Yeah, it's another one of those buckets with a whole lot to unpack in it. Whenever folks ask, always point them, and I just make this note whenever the subject comes up is go look at OWASP API top 10. Uh, I think it's a great capture of just the basic stuff that tends to be wrong. And that as far as that, like kind of coming from the shift left mentality on the API design side, we've certainly had a couple of guests on that really opened my eyes to what I realized I took as took for granted is like, you know, at least maybe define your auth stuff and, uh, you know, try to do it consistently. <laughs> like. And that that alone just saves you from the majority of the risk as things flow to the right. But so that there's an OWASP they have for web in general, and then they I know a couple of years ago they came out with the OWASP for the API security. Yeah, yeah. it's very similar, but sometimes just maybe a little bit more API security specific. But yep. it's so valuable. I mean, yeah, talking about understanding what the authentication and authorization and their vulnerabilities, that top 10 list is gold, just going through that and self-examining all your APIs and your data and everything. That's a great way to start. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, you know, for folks listening, I guess, you know, uh, I fulfilled my promise at the beginning here that there's a whole lot of topics that you've kind of had your fingers in. And I'm curious, like, kind of what do you have coming up next? What are things that you're, you know, particularly focused on or things that maybe folks can look for coming? So currently working on the API security series, but I'd like to be able to move forward as well and or move backwards, if you will, and kind of hit on some of the, the basics for understanding APIs and just putting some good resources out there from my experience as well as how I learn things. And sometimes it's using analogies or some of the other things and tying that in with some creative videos. But I mean, understanding APIs, understanding what authentication and authorization and understanding what OAuth and how those all those flows work and as things change and new versions of it come out, what does that mean for your organization? How does it affect mobile? Just some some different things like that. There are some of the core basics and understanding of, of there, but also some of the basics of what is API management? Because that term seems to be evolving year after oh. year as well. Yeah, Gartner completely changed their, yeah. their definition out in the last year that I think is throwing a bunch of people into a tailspin. It has. Um, so. 
what does it mean now? And if you're talking about API uh, management a few years ago, that would have meant something totally different maybe than what you're talking about now. So do we need new terms? Um, but just trying to maybe explain some of that because I think that a lot of times there's people and there are developers they're, and the architects, are, they're doing APIs. But I mean, one of the big questions I always have is how do I know when I need API management? Or how do I know when I need an API gateway? Do I have, is it a certain number of APIs? Is it a certain number of calls? What is it? And people are, they're unsure of like, hey, when do we have to take that next step? Or are there baby steps we can take to kind of get there? So just kind of talking about some of that and kind of helping people. I guess a lot of it's kind of answering some of the questions that maybe I had over the years and trying to answer those for people that might be in the same boat. So cool. Well, normally this is the part where I try to catch people off guard and ask them a simple question of, you know, where would you tell people to get started? But honestly, I feel like that's kind of your thing. And I really appreciate that there's folks out there thinking about where do we get started? I think for younger developers, for a lot of product people who've suddenly kind of had this API should be a product thing. I think there's a lot of folks out there learning basics that's easy for us to look past and say, well, everybody has APIs. It doesn't matter. So uh, totally appreciate the sentiment. Absolutely. Really appreciate your time today, and thanks for sharing so much with us. And uh, I guess, you know, go check out Brenton on uh, on YouTube. Uh, that's an easy one, and it sounds like you have plenty of stuff coming out of kind of software AG channels as well. So uh, seems like a pretty easy guy to find on the internet. And Anna, thanks for co-hosting again. Thank you. All right. Well, anyways, thanks a lot, Brenton. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask, Look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you.